Welcome to The World According to Me. I'm your host, Roger Berkeley. Well, this was the week that was. For the past four months or so, maybe longer, virtually every news resource anyone could read confidently predicted a massive red wave in the upcoming midterm elections. Historically, midterm elections have meant defeat for the party holding the White House. So, as a liberal Democrat, I was expecting the worst. My concern was only amplified by the contentious mood of the electorate, as so graphically and repeatedly depicted, even by the various news sources that I trust. As the week rolled on, it became clear they were all wrong. In fact, the Democrats did better than any midterm election in a couple of decades. They did it despite a complete inability to fashion a coherent message. When the Republicans, well, they helped too. All they could do was continue to genuflect in front of their leaner, Donald Trump. They offered no solutions, only attacks. It's their usual non-strategy. Kevin McCarthy, who at that point looked like he might go unchallenged to become the Speaker of the House, has promised that if the House goes Republican, there will be hearings on everything the Democrats have done, as well as personal attacks on Democratic leaders. It's my hope the Dems will counter the GOP's scorched earth tactics with a persistent demand for McCarthy and his minions to propose solutions. Of course, they won't, because the Republicans have no solutions to propose. The Biden White House has indicated that POTUS will talk with Mitch McConnell and McCarthy will be his problem. Except now it looks like maybe McConnell may not be the minority leader in the Senate. The reluctant hero of this non-loss, it wasn't a victory, was Joe Biden. Joe used his well-honed skills to gain passage of legislation that has been out of range for years. The Republicans have entered Joe's wheelhouse, and they can expect that he will either outmaneuver or embarrass them or both. Personally, I'm looking forward to the next two years, the DeSantis-Trump battle and internal GOP fights should be pretty entertaining. I do recommend reading Elizabeth Warren's op-ed in the New York Times uh, about a week or so ago. I don't want to minimize what DeSantis has done. He is vastly more dangerous than the Donald. Ron has managed to gerrymander Florida so thoroughly that it will be decades before the Democrats will have an opportunity to under to undo his uh, handiwork. Uh, Trump just isn't that bright. He's all about himself all the time. Ron is an ideologue. He is well-educated, Princeton and Yale. Yeah, Princeton and Yale, you know. Not my favorites, but, and he firmly believes what he espouses. The last few days of the campaign, 
he ran ads here in Florida that declared that his administration has kept Florida free. At the same time, he censored books that contradicted what he believes because the school and public libraries depends on the state's financial support. They were forced to yield to his will and comply with his book-burning selections because Florida's public school systems are grossly underfunded. Parents are compelled to find private schools for their kids. <clears throat> Those who can't afford that are stuck in a system that censors what can be taught and what can their kids can read. Things are so bad that 24% of Florida's teachers have left the system, either through outright resignation or retirement. DeSantis railed against teaching critical race theory to elementary school teachers, kids. I'll get it right. The truth is that nothing like that has ever been taught in a state elementary system, ever, below graduate school levels. He lied. Of course, we now know that lying is the Republican modus operandi nationally. Guess what? Much easier to win elections if you're unencumbered by the need to tell the truth. Ron has kept Florida free, unless you're a female, in which case your body belongs to the government and its Fuhrer, Ron DeSantis. I know that comparing domestic elected officials to Nazis is frowned upon, but look around. It can happen here, and it is happening here. I don't want to get too exercised here, so let me just say that the first thing Democrats should do is to stop giving the disloyal opposition the benefit of the doubt on anything. Remember that Senator, Florida Senator Rick Scott has announced that he's challenging Mitch McConnell for the GOP minority leader. He faults Mitch for losing the Senate. Hey, guess who the head of the Republican Senate, Republican Senate campaign committee was? Yep, Rick Scott. More of the same, only worse. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. When I was a kid, television was sort of a novelty. We had a seven-inch black and white TV. <clears throat> I loved it. There wasn't much on the air. I watched Captain Video and his audio rangers. Howdy Doody. Baseball. That was when I discovered Willie Mays. You get the idea. Every day when I got home, my mother was watching the Army McCarthy hearings. My parents decided that the medium was addictive. So, and they weren't wrong, by the way. So my watching was extremely limited. The more restricted my access to the tube was, the more I wanted to watch. When I left for college, I joined other mediocrity-addicted teenagers to watch whatever was available. After graduation, one of the first home improvements in my apartment was a television. I'm still hooked on television. I hear people talk about the only thing <clears throat> they could do during the pandemic 
was watch television, as if that were a bad thing. For me, it was a golden opportunity. We've watched all kinds of stuff, and I've mentioned things uh, on these uh, podcasts before. Lately, we've discovered The Good Fight on Paramount Plus. That's CBS. Christine Baranski is the star, and I've loved her for decades. This is a dramedy. When it's funny, it is thigh-slappingly funny. And when it's dramatic, it's gripping and thigh-slappingly funny. The writing is stunning, and the performance are jaw-droppers. There are guest performances by a dozen, dozens of performers whose faces you'll recognize even if you can't remember their names. I recommend this to you. You better watch, you know. There's going to be a test. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Everyone knows that exercise is imperative for good health. This knowledge is a corollary of the no pain, no gain theory. Personally, I believe that no pain means no pain. Yet, I'm dragging my gym to the my my butt to the gym three days a week. I hate every minute of it. My idea of a fun workout is signing up for Peloton, settling on this couch, and watching other people do the pain thing while I nosh on low carb snacks. I can empathize with those folks, but I don't want to be one of them. This past weekend, the New York Times agreed with me. They cited studies that said exercise in and of itself won't make us healthy. At least I think that's what it said. I'd have to read the whole article, and that would have been against my ongoing campaign to elevate uh, laziness to an art form. So, here I am. Um, let's see. I, I can't read what I wrote here. This is not good. So anyhow, here I am on the sofa enjoying zero-carb uh, fried pork rinds and drinking diet orange soda. I think this this is about the, uh, the shortest entry I've ever done. And uh, you're welcome. Until next time. Well, let's see, I got to let this. There we go. Until next time, this is Roger Berkeley saying, This is Roger Berkeley. So long. <laughs>